how can I sit with my thoughts and focus all my energy to achieving a great swim, no matter what the conditions are on that day. So if you want to, if you really want to get on the warrior path, remove even the condition of the swim, whether it's a lake, a pool, or the ocean, get into your mind, get into the, the reason why everything is stirring up because of the swim start. Like if you remove that and you just say, I have to swim 1.2 miles, how can I focus and bring all of my attention and energy to be the best swimmer I can be for 1.2 miles, regardless of the circumstances? And that's what we're talking about, right? With the, the sitting and the getting in the gap and, and understanding why you have these initial reactions and thoughts and how, where do they stem from? What is the root of it all? How can we figure out where it's coming from so that we can begin to believe change in our, and believe in and ourselves? Believe in ourselves. Our vision is so narrow that people are not seeing the greater picture of this, which is this has shown up in their lives because this is something they're here to work on. If you just continue to react and practice those belief systems and those patterns and reinforcing that you're frustrated and angry and entitled for a refund, you're just making those stronger and you're going to have more of those experiences come into your life. And the universe just sits up there and goes, all right, here I we can, go. Here I, we go. Let's do it again. Let's, I, let's see if they're going to learn this time. I can do this all day long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can do this all day long, people. And I love triathletes because you're so attached. And these things show up in our life. Reoccurring things show up in our life because we're here. Because Not only because we're here to get to the other side of them and heal those things, but because we chose them. We chose them before we even came into this world and we said, okay, I want to be, especially athletes, right? Like, I want to be the best I can be. So I'm going to line up all these things that have held me back and I'm going to master them in this life. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is episode 90 of the YTP. We got a great show for you today because I got my man with me, my main man, BJ. This is our January edition of Ask the YTs. But first, you must know that the Yogi Triathlete Podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, a life insurance agency that helps health-conscious people like yogis, vegans, and triathletes to get lower rates on their life insurance. Just like good drivers are rewarded with better rates, Health IQ does the same thing for yogi triathlete kind of people who are active participants in their health. We always say, do the work for the sake of the work and not for the reward, but that's not to say if someone wants to reward us that we walk in the opposite direction. So go to healthiq.com forward slash YTP to support the show and see if you qualify. All right. That's the first piece of housekeeping that's out of the way. Welcome, BJ, to the show, episode 90. Wowzers, 90, episode 90. Kind of crazy. And it's Saturday night, less than 48 hours from when we're going to launch this. But this is, some weeks, this is how we get her done. And less than an hour ago, we were on our mats in Shavasana for eight-minute Shavasana because we never, ever jip the Shavasana. No, you can't jip the Shavasana. I, I just don't get it when I go to a studio and they say, Shavasana. It's the most important pose. 
and like 30 seconds later, roll to your side and get the heck out of the studio because the class is over. Yeah, you got to linger in that <laughs> They don't say area. that, but they might as well. Right. You got to linger. So we are lingerers. If you come to our class, just be, sh- be sure to know ahead of time that we give good Shavasana. Because it really is. It really is super important getting still. And I think we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, we're really going to be hitting the mental game in this conversation today. But getting still and, and letting the yoga, the practice, the physical practice of yoga to seep in on that cellular level. And that's what Shavasana is for. It's, it's the rest, right? You got to have the rest. If you've, if you've got the rest, if you've got everything else going on, you have to have the rest for the balance. Because balance has nothing to do with like cutting down at work or what your calendar looks like. Balance is found in every single moment. And it is found within our activities. If we're doing extreme highs, we got to have the extreme downtime as well. But we remain neutral through that all. Right. You treat both of them exactly the same. Okay. So we got into that. Shavasana is, in fact, (laughs) a very important pose. So good. (laughs) Don't skip it. (laughs) Believe me. For me, Shavasana was like, it was a living hell when I first, I mean, it was like I wanted to itch my skin off having to lay there doing nothing. But I can tell you that it is, it makes the difference in your practice and not in how deep you can go in a pose, but how you move through the world. It's super important. Okay. So we got a couple little housekeeping things that we want to keep you guys up to date on. BJ, what's happening with the team? The team, Yogi Triathlete team. It is growing and it's expanding and we're getting some super high vibers in. First, I want to welcome in our newest athlete, Susanna Ford, who you actually met before me in Lake Placid. Two years ago? 2015, I believe. Okay. Yeah, when I was teaching yoga up there, Susanna just happened to come to class. And we've uh, we've been kin ever since. Yeah, and you actually met her that year. I did. Yeah, but... I have short-term memory. You, sometimes. Sometimes. It's a story. <laughs> it's, I'm changing that. I can remember things when I was a little baby. It's coming back to me right now. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the team, Susanna. So happy to have you aboard. You are a rockin' athlete. We're excited to help you train through Boston Marathon and maybe some 70.3s, but we're going to focus on the Olympic distance uh, triathlon for her later in the year. But the first thing up is going to be the Boston Marathon. Very cool. Yeah. And she's a killer runner. She's, she's a very good runner. She passed me very smoothly in at Ironman Santa Rosa this past year. Yeah, in her first Ironman, did she get second in her age group? She got second. Yeah, this girl is is fast and she's a yogi. So she's just, she's an amazing fit. And really anybody who uh, agrees with the fact that it's time to wake up and just get out of this idea that training is just physical and you want to take your game to the next level then come and talk to us because it's the physical is such a joke compared to what really matters, which is the mental game. Susanna, you are awesome and you're going to be a part of our February challenge. And what's the challenge all about, BJ? What's this month's challenge all about on the team? So first January's challenge, let me just recap, right? Because that came to me in a, I think it was a run or something I was doing, or maybe it would have been a long swim, but I came up with the idea of planking. So the January challenge was to plank the amount of minutes per the date 
of January. So if it's January 27th, you'd plank for 27 minutes. Now it doesn't have to happen all at once. You can do it throughout the day. You can do a little bit here and there, or you can do what I'm doing, which is waiting till seven o'clock at night. And then I try and do 27 minutes of planking. You know, I don't know why you're waiting. You <laughs> wait every day. And one of our athletes, Liz, is just killing it. Like she is keeping us on our toes. And I, I had to abandon the actual planking, but I'm still in the challenge because I'm doing core for the amount of minutes that it is the day. But I was, I was quickly incurring a shoulder injury that was not allowing me to swim at all. And that's an imbalance that I'm aware of and I'm working on it, but I've, I've got nothing to prove in this life physically. I'm so way, way beyond that, but I do want to continue to strengthen my core. So I've just found another way to be a part of the challenge. Yeah, there's always a way. And what I'm finding in this challenge is not only are we getting strong cores, but the mindset, the, the mind shift of I have to do one minute, I have to do 27 one minutes. Well, what if you... What's happening is like, what if I do 105 or 107? Like you're still getting it done and you're pushing yourself just a little bit more, 115s and 130s. So it, it's really it's really both. You're, you're winning. It's a win-win. Um, win, as Michael Scott would say. You're getting the mindset shift happening where you think you can, where you know you can do anything. And you're also getting the the awareness of your core, like everything around your core. I'm feeling it in the swim. I'm feeling it on the run and I'm feeling it when I'm on the bike. And I feel it when I, when I walk Clark down to the, down to the beach, like you're just, your awareness of your core, which is not just the front, it's everything around your midsection, everything. Your and whole spine. Your whole, yeah, everything. So when you're, when you're planking, you're working all of that. And, and it's, it's been a great, great uh, January challenge. So we're coming up with a February challenge. Don't know what it's going to be yet. So if you guys have suggestions of what you think our team should do in February for their challenge, we'd love to hear it. We'll lay it on pretty thick. We want but remember, <laughs> we're going to be part of this challenge right. too. <laughs> and it has to be. Be nice. Like this challenge, it's like, you think about it, it's like slightly unattainable. when you Because your, your first thought is to go to 31 minutes, January 31st. How am I going to do 31 minutes if it's only January 1st? Right? So it has to have some sort of element of like, can I do this? And of course you can, but it's that great challenge of like proving to yourself again, yes, this can happen. I can do this. No sweat. Yeah. I mean, I've already got some ideas and we, we do like the idea of core because I think with athletes, core is the first thing that gets thrown out. Uh, not, I mean, for a lot of athletes, it's yoga, but not our athletes. They don't throw that out. No way. No way. Uh, so anyway, we like the idea of core, but let us know what you think we should do for the February challenge. All right. What else is going on? Cookbook. Cookbook. Yeah. We're officially sold out of our signed copies. Uh, we may be getting more in. I'm not sure. You can order it on Amazon, $21.95. Please continue to support the book. If you've already got the book and you've been giving us your feedback, if you've got the book and you're enjoying it and you haven't been giving us your feedback, share your words with Amazon. You guys, please leave a review. I think we've got a couple of reviews up there now. And if you look at some of the other cookbooks in our field, I mean, they've got thousands and hundreds of reviews. So we'd really appreciate 
a review on Amazon to help the Yogi Triathlete Cookbook get a little bit more visibility. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcast and leave one for the podcast. We're giving away, this is your last week to do it, we're giving away three pairs of two times you compression run socks and that will get you in the running. So leave a review by the end of this month and you'll get into the running to win one of those. And I believe the retail price on those puppies is 50 bucks. So... How about some feedback from the cookbook? I just want to mention, yeah. mention a few things. So some of the feedback, oh, it's really cool because it's serving, gosh, it's serving the purpose. It's serving what my inspiration was around it. So I would say one of the biggest compliments I got was this woman came up to me at a book signing last week and she said, this is the first realistic cookbook she's ever seen. That she looked at it and she's like, oh yeah. Not only can I do this, like I get these people. They live a busy life like I do. And she just felt like everything in the book was completely attainable. Um, some other people have sent us feedback like, you don't lie. We can get dinner on the table prepped to plate in 20 minutes with some of these recipes. Not all of them, but some of them. Someone in my yoga class today made the root down salad and she was like, oh my God, it's killer. And I said, well, it does require a little bit of prep. She's like, I don't care. It was so good. And if you think about the fact that I don't have to cook it, she's like, it doesn't really take that long at all. So that's a delicious, awesome salad for an athlete. And I won't tell you why. You will know why when you get the book. Also, that it's been helpful in answering people's questions and allowing them to believe. Somebody said like, well, actually more than one person, like they believe now that they can do this on a plant-based diet. It's so cool that, you know, I had this, I had this inspiration. I said, I have no idea where to start. Let's just start. It was really vulnerable to put all those things together, send them off to a professional chef, have them tested you know, waiting for feedback and then put it out to the world. And had I not had the courage to take that first step, none of this would be happening. And it's really incredible that the love that I have for high vibrational food is now in the homes of so many people and they're sharing it and athletes are finding that these meals, the other thing that they're saying, like, it's like they're hearty, like they are hearty filling meals so anyway, huge compliment. I'm just really, really honored to have been the steward for that book. And um, we're thinking about some different ideas of how to move forward with a second book. If you guys want another cookbook, I got recipes. Let me know what you think if we should come out with another one. And we also had our first book signing mm-hmm. and taste testing at Endurance House. Yeah, we made Oceanside. so, we, of course, we can't do anything half We can't do anything, ass. but we made two loaves of the banana bread with cacao hazelnut spread. And <laughs> it was quickly gone, and immediately the feedback was that it, it, it needs to be sold in local coffee shops. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Which w- can't happen because we just don't have the time for that. That's not my focus. My focus, my purpose in this world is to teach people how to wake up. So I can do that through food, and I can do that through meditation, and I can do that through mindfulness teaching them mindfulness practices. I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be able to do it by selling killer banana bread. So get the cookbook, make it yourself. <laughs> All right. And then you guys, last piece is February 5th. We've got our next M21 challenge coming up. So in November, we started with the first M21 In December, we started with the second M21. This group of people took it all the way through the holidays. We're just finishing up. Actually, when this launches, we will have finished our third M21. We're taking a week off 
and the next M21 Mindful Living for the Modern, Crazy, Insane World begins on February 5th. This has been an extremely prosperous experience for everybody. I I am floored at the changes that are happening within people. And I can tell you that the people in these groups range from folks who are angry and busy and have never been able to sit still to people who have had psychic abilities since they were young but never knew how to how to use them. I mean, it it ranges so far on either spectrum and we all come together. It's 21 days of daily meditation, mindfulness facilitated by myself and Golden Duffy who is a podcast guest and it's just been amazing. None of the material is recycled. Everything is completely relevant to the group that is in front of us. We are channeling everything through presence. I I can't even tell you the experience that I've had through these groups, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. So $21 for 21 days. It's a dollar a day. Get your mental game on point, which brings us into what we wanted to talk about today. So Oceanside Swim Course. What's going on with that, BJ? Oceanside 70.3 in April just announced, I think it was this past week, that the swim course has now changed to a beach start on the ocean side. And it's been in the harbor there in a protected space. And I, I think a lot of people signed up thinking the it would be the same thing. But Iron Man has changed it and it's now a beach start. So there'll be some surf, maybe one to three feet. And then as you go out into the surf, you're going to loop back around into the harbor and finish in the harbor. So it isn't even a a long distance that you're out in the um, exposed ocean. But when the race director, who we know very well, Gina, Gina, uh, we met her at Super Frog as we were volunteering. When she made the announcement on the Facebook page, she got quite a bit of feedback on it. And I think there were 60 something comments on it. Ranging anywhere from... I think there's way more than that now. There's hundreds of comments now. Which is... This happens in other races. So Oceanside isn't the only race. Like this happens all the time. I can tell you the swim course at Santa Rosa changed... The morning of. The morning of because of the current in the lake there. So things can change. And when you sign up for an Ironman, expect things to change. Like there's so many logistics that go into... A race, any race, shutting down the streets, getting police ready, getting all the nutrition, getting volunteers there for the race. So, so much can happen. But back to Oceanside, the swim course changed and it caused a lot of People are freaking concern. out. Yeah, well, they're freaking out. Yeah. Blatantly and a little violently as well. A lot of violent communication. Yeah, they would have. Demands. I demand demands. my money back. Expectations. A lot of entitlement happening. And, and. I think a lot of it comes from fear, like the fear... It's all fear. ...of not being able to swim, the fear of investing the money in a race that now has a beach start that is going to be more challenging. And keep in mind, this is an Ironman race. Like, Ironman is an endurance event. It's an endurance event. And they're actually making the change for a safety reason. But when I say, like, entitlement and demands and anger, I'm not saying that these people are jerks at all. What I'm saying is that I can see underneath all of that that they're totally scared. They're so scared. But because they do not have a well-trained mind, 
this is how they react. Because they lack an ability to self-regulate, this is how they react. And this is how I used to react. And maybe this is how some of our listeners have reacted. And I'm not insulting anybody by saying that they don't have a well-trained mind. Nobody ever taught us how to have a well-trained mind. Nobody. Until this podcast. (laughs) But no, seriously, like nobody taught us how to do this. Nobody taught us how to self-regulate. The only people that are learning how to self-regulate are in therapy or they're practicing meditation. If we were to look at this from a yogi standpoint, it's a really immature way to function in the world. I mean, we can't control ourselves. We're entitled. We demand. I mean, this is wasteful, wasteful energy that these people could be skillfully learning how to pull in and enhance their performance. But because we're not, as a society, we are sound asleep, this is the result of that. A lot of reaction. There's not any getting in the gap. And again, this idea of entitlement is is so ego-based that they deserve something. And that just shows me that people are attached. They are not doing the work for the sake of the work. They are attached. They were attached to a certain way that that course was going to be, and it changed. And because it changed, and they are unable to handle that change because they are attached, and I get you, I used to live like this too, it causes a total upheaval in their life. And so they react in this way that is angry and violent, and under all of that is fear. And none of Any of that is what we need more of in this world. And to your point, everybody is now gathering in on the comments. So it's not only just one or two people or three people. Now it's like out there and and, and people's egos are getting ramped up. Like they want a piece of this too. Like they want to voice their opinion and, and share with them how much they're upset. And now it's just creating all this energy or wasted energy. It's so wasteful. So I was just telling you, we now know what, what the fact is, right? The fact is what? That there's a new swim course. So it's already done. What can I do about it? Nothing about the change. Nothing about the change. But now, now start diving in. What can I do? Okay, now I need to prepare for an ocean swim. How do I do that? Talk to my coach. What kind of skills can I do in the pool that would relate to mimicking what happens at a beach start? How can I sit with my thoughts and focus all my energy to achieving a great swim, no matter what the conditions are on that day. So if you want to, if you really want to get on the warrior path, remove even the condition of the swim, whether it's a lake, a pool, or the ocean, get into your mind, get into the, the reason why everything is stirring up because of the swim start. Like if you remove that and you just say, I have to swim 1.2 miles. How can I focus and bring all of my attention and energy to be the best swimmer I can be for 1.2 miles, regardless of the circumstances? And that's what we're talking about, right? With the, the sitting and the getting in the gap and, and understanding why you have these initial reactions and thoughts and how, where do they stem from? What is the root of it all? How can we figure out where it's coming from so that we can begin to... Believe in our and believe in ourselves. ourselves. Our vision is so narrow that people are not seeing the greater picture of this, which is this has shown up in their lives because this is something they're here to work on. If you just 
continue to react and practice those belief systems and those patterns and reinforcing that you're frustrated and angry and entitled for a refund, you're just making those stronger and you're going to have more of those experiences come into your life. And the universe just sits up there and goes, all right, here I we can, go. Here I, we go. Let's do it again. Let's, I, let's see if they're going to learn this time. I can do this all day long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can do this all day long, people. And I love triathletes because you're so attached. And these things show up in our life. Reoccurring things show up in our life because we're here. Because Not only because we're here to get to the other side of them and heal those things, but because we chose them. We chose them before we even came into this world and we said, okay, I want to be, especially athletes, right? Like, I want to be the best I can be. So I'm going to line up all these things that have held me back and I'm going to master them in this life. And so something as so minimal as a course change has really set people off, off the rails. And equally, I see people responding to, you know, the people who are like, you know, I wish I knew about this. I never would have signed up for this race. And of course I'm putting a tone to it, but I would say that's a pretty reasonable mm -hmm. tone. But then there's people who are like, stop your whining, you know, Ironman's for, you know, if you can't do the swim course, but, but that's kind of the same energy. Right. That's very ego energy too. And coming it's at it like, from two different, two different directions. They're both extremes. And we, yeah. And we talked a little bit like, I'm thinking about like the angry vegan here, you know, like, and we talked about this with Mishka, angry vegans get so passionate because they're so upset about what's happening to the animals, but now they're becoming angry vegans and they're yelling at people and that's, that's violence too. And there's not like, there's no levels to violence. Violence is violence, right? Resistance is resistance. So if you're resisting this change, if you, you don't selectively resist. So if you're resisting this change and we're just using the Oceanside swim course, but I'm sure there's something in everybody's life that they can relate to on this, either in the past or in the present that they're experiencing right now. You don't selectively resist. When you resist one thing, you resist all things. The universe doesn't say, oh, well, they just are resisting the swim course change, but they're not resisting these other things that are going on in their work life or their married life or their parent life or their, you know, their self life. Yeah, no, you're, resist you're putting resistance out into the world. You're putting resistance out in the world. You're putting fear out into the world. You're putting negativity out into the world. And it's, I really don't believe that if I, if we sat down with these people and like they took a breath and they actually got into that gap and we explained to them that all they're doing is adding to this fearful, violent world that we have, I don't think anybody would want to continue to do that because I don't think we, any of us want to see a more violent, fearful world. And so it's about how do you get to a point where you can start to see how you're moving through the world on a, on a bigger scale of what your impact is and get to a point where you're living as that person that you always wanted to be in the world that you want to see and understand that like we have an impact. Everything we do has an impact. And even just this little swim course change, it's so crazy how small this is and the impact that this is having in the world. But we're so egocentric, we can't see outside of ourselves. And again, I don't use that word to insult anybody. The ego is a part of all of us. It is an energy force that says, I am individual. I am a separate autonomous being. And damn well right, I will always be seen that way. And so it just keeps us from finding the connection. 
I see the connection in all of these people, the ones who are yelling back, the ones who are yelling at the ones that are yelling back, that it's all just kind of like this protection mechanism. You know, I see there's a commonality between all of it, but we just got to get out of the way. And, and can we experience these, can we experience these changes independent of what we think about them? Because if we can't experience change independent of the commentary in our heads about that change, then we are not living our own lives. Our thoughts are living our lives for us. There's no freedom in that. Yeah, and you are not your thoughts, right? You are not your thoughts. So how would you explain that to somebody? Like, how would you, if somebody was like, I don't even, I don't get that. What do you mean about my thoughts? (laughs) So you have thoughts coming in. So you're walking down the street and you have thoughts coming in that say, look at that person. What, why are they wearing that? Or that person's mumbling to himself. Isn't that strange? And you're saying, what did I eat today? Should I have eaten that? All these thoughts are going in your head. But what you're not realizing is you're, you're, watch, you're noticing that. Do you, do you see like there's the thought, but then you're, you're, you've noticed those thoughts are in your head. There's two different things. There's you and there's your thoughts. There's the observer and... and your thoughts. So when these thoughts come in, you're doing it already. Like you can see it happening. I'll use the example today. I was climbing up, climbing up a hill. No, actually I was trying to hang on to some wheels of some faster cyclists today. And right away, my thought came in like, you need to stay in this zone because you've got, you've got more riding to do today. You've got a long ride. And I noticed that thought and I brought it right back. It was super quick. And it was like, no, be in the moment. Go ride as hard as you can. All that matters is now because this is the only thing that exists. And what happens later on happens later on, whether I get to it or not. Just be in the moment. So I went, I went with it in the moment and I got dropped, but I still, I still pushed through it. But, but the point is I recognized the thought and I didn't give it attention. If I had given it attention, I would have backed off. I would have had an easier ride. I would have gone through my five-hour ride today. It would have been just an average five-hour ride. But instead, I learned something about myself. I learned that I can go. I can hold on to these guys for at least a little while. And it also shows me I've got work to do. Now I know what needs to happen, and I can make a plan to change it. So seeing those thoughts, did that explain that? Yeah, that's so good because you're talking about how... good insight. Yeah, but I thought that was really good how you described that. Your thoughts was like your thoughts were wanting to limit you, which if if I was there, like I would have to be driving in a car next to you, but I would have been like BJ, get on that freaking wheel and go. Right? You want right. to be one of the best of the best? Go. This is what you need to do. Not all your athletes need to be doing this right now, but this is what you need to do. do you I need say, to push yourself to failure often. Right. What I love about what you what I was getting from that is like you could see that your thoughts wanted to put limits on your potential. And so that's all I want to say to all these people on that Facebook page. But of course, they'll be like, you know, who's this chick? Shut her up. She's a quack. (laughs) She's a quack. (laughs) Uh, No, maybe they wouldn't say that at all. But I don't know how to approach it without losing people or not reaching them at all. Because clearly, we're on such different levels. Maybe they're not ready to hear any of this. What I see in each and every one of those people who is upset about this change and scared of this change is that they're, they're not believing in themselves. They're not believing in themselves. 
and they're not believing in their potential and they're not seeing what I see, which is that they are all limitless beings. They are limitless beings that are here in a body to experience what they're here to learn, to hopefully create a better world. And that core of who they are is the same energy that created everything in this universe, right? We were created by this energy of creation that created the stars and the solar systems and the armadillos and the space between the leaves and a tree and all these incredible, incomprehensible miracles. That energy is within us. Again, we're never taught that. And we live in an ego-based society. So we're taught that this is who I am. I must protect myself. You know, our fight or flight systems are so fried at this point. They're so big. That part of our brain is so big now that a swim course change will put somebody into a survival mode. And, and so they're limiting them they're limiting themselves so anybody who's training for anything this year anytime you have like those doubts they're not true they're not true and you're limiting yourself and we believe that you can do anything i think it's a, a little bit too of self sabotage oh, and i can totally. relate to this so well because now you're thinking the swim course has changed so if you don't get your time it's okay because it changed to an ocean swim and you hadn't been training for an ocean swim. Oh my God. I'm going to have to wear earplugs at the post race. Like I, <laughs> I just going to have to wear earplugs because I can't handle all the stories. I can't. It's, and that's what I was going to get to. It's the story. And I can, I, this is me. Like I have self-sabotaged myself numerous times believing, making myself believe that the reason I didn't achieve my goals because of something outside of my control. When, ab, when actually... What really needs to happen is I need to take ownership of, of myself, of my actions and start doing some work, like getting real with yourself saying, okay, I'm not a good swimmer. How do I become a good swimmer? Like get real with it versus I'm just going to let this happen because I know I'm an okay swimmer. And now that it's the ocean, I'm, I'm probably not going to have my best time. But you know what? There's another race uh, in a lake nearby and it's it, downstream. In a couple months, so I can get my, my PR then. <laughs> and trust me, these are the thoughts that have happened. This has gone through my mind so many times. But I'm, I've, I'm onto it. But can you, so can you say, hold that thought. Yeah. All right, how do I become a, bit, a better swimmer? And do the work independent of your story about your failing swim pass. Right. There's no Oscar that's going to be given no. at the finish line. No. So if you can, if we can lose the dramatics, huh, life gets so much easier. Pinpoint those areas. I'll talk to swimming because it's something I can absolutely speak to. And if, if you start small, like you're not going to get there tomorrow, but you can start taking the steps today. What are the things that, this is what went through my mind, what are the things that are making me fearful of the swim? What are the things that are making me finish mid to, to backpack of the swim? What are, what are the things that are, are in my mindset are, are not allowing me to, to swim to my fullest potential? And when, when you start to ask these questions, and this happens in meditation, right? Because you need to sit quietly with your thoughts and, 
and watch them come in and, and understand why are they there? Like, what is the true reason for it? When you start to be curious and investigate the mind, you begin to understand where you are at this point. And when you know where you are, you can begin to change. So in my mind, what's happening when I get to the swim start? I'm, I'm scared. I'm going to run out of breath. I might, I'm going to breathe too fast and I'm going to get, I'm going to hyperventilate. So what do you do? You get in the pool and you start doing fast starts. You start swimming as hard as you can for 10 or 15 strokes. And then you try to calm down to a moderate pace and you do that and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you keep doing it until it becomes easy. You're putting yourself in the situation, the very situation that is self-sabotaging you or holding you back or limiting you from best performance. And I would even, I would add a mantra to that. And the mantra that's coming up for me, because I'm thinking about like a fast start would be like, I'm fine right now. I'm fine. I'm fine right now. I'm fine. I'm fine right now. I'm fine. And you're telling yourself and, and you're building that neural pathway in your mind. Like I'm fine right now. I'm fine. Right now, I'm fine. Because you, there's no problems in the now. Right. There's so you none. keep saying that. You keep saying it. You're always in the now. And you're always fine. So with that, you're in the swim and somebody bumps you. I'm okay, fine right I'm fine now. right now because they bumped you and then they moved on. Now you're fine. Like you're always fine. Like you're always fine. And if you can just stay in the moment, things are going to happen. This is a contact sport. Swim is a contact sport. Okay. There's no way around it. Um but getting back to but getting back to what you can do in the pool, that's that's great. Get a mantra. Get put yourself in the situations that you find you struggle with. Another one is swimming in the ocean. Well, guess what? Get to the ocean. I started to do these uh, ex-terra swims down at um, in La Jolla mm-hmm. on Thursday nights, which are simple little swim starts. You know, you get you go into the ocean. You do a simple you, and you come back you out. Had, there was surf, and there was some high surf. But I was fine right now, so I, I wasn't using that mantra. But what, in my mindset, it's just like, it's just a swim. Like, I'm going to get through the waves. There's hundreds of people around me. I'm going to be fine. I'm strong. And, and what, I was, what I was, my mantra would, would come in is I'm strong, long, and calm. Okay, those are the three things I really focused on. I forgot about this. I really focused on for two years in my swim. Long, strong, and calm. Didn't matter if I was doing a 500 easy set, if I was doing 25 sprints. Everything that would go through my mind when I took one stroke, right arm, I'm over, I'm long, I'm strong, and I'm calm. And everything would end on calm because as you go strong and you, you're, you're powering through, you need, to bring, you need to bring back that calmness. You need to be strong in the calm, basically. But people need to know how to be calm. And... What I can say for sure, without hesitation, is that developing the skill to be calm in the face of intensity is the secret to mastering your life, to be calm. And somebody might think, well, to be calm would be like to just kind of be checking out or be good. No, it's not. To be calm is to be powerful is to be stronger than you ever thought you could be because you're not wasting energy with these frivolous thoughts, words, 
actions. You're pulling your energy in, which is what a true yogi does. We pull our energy in and we don't act on that energy. We use that energy really, really conservationally. Is that a word? Conservationally. It is now. It is now. Add it, Webster's. We use it in a conservative way where every single stroke, paddle stroke, foot strike is the most powerful because because you're not you don't have that leakage because you're not like a colander of leakage of energy everything you do has such an impact and will propel you forward more than you could ever do with having with being ruled by your mind with essentially not living your own life so when you're calm i mean it is the key to everything to be calm but to be calm you have to practice being calm. And in order to practice being calm, you gotta sit your ass down on that meditation cushion and you gotta get still. It is the only way. I'm telling you, it is the only way. It is the only, only way. I know because I couldn't sit down. I couldn't stop my thoughts. And it's not about stopping your thoughts. Like you said, it's about this ability to be able to get this reference point of where you are. It's like a math test. You go out, you do your math test. Okay, here's the reference point of where I am. Go sit for two minutes and try and keep your focus on your breath. If your mind is like insane, that's your reference point. Your mind is insane. Sit the next day. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Without expectation. If I sit, if I sit for 10 minutes today, then I will have achieved calm and I can be that calm person all day. That absolutely will not happen. You need to be diligent. You need to be relentless. You need to continue to meditate. There is no, there is no timeline as to when you or me or whoever's meditating is going to reach the point where everything clicks. It's a constant work in progress. The commit to sit. If you just commit to sit without expectation, every time you sit, you discover something. You learn something about yourself, whether that's what you want to see about yourself or whether that's something that's, that was buried deep down from your childhood or whatever, college years, it doesn't matter. Something that was buried down and then it came up. And guess what? Now you get to work on it. The more karma that comes up that you get to clear. <laughs> the more clear you are. The more clear and focused you are. And when people see you and I, I, I think we're getting this more and more. When people see us, they're like, you, you guys, you're just so, like, I want to be able to react like you to the news. Whatever the news they told us or whatever we're having a conversation about. Like, generally nothing phases us too high or too low. Like, Not, I don't think anything phases us at this point. Things come in and we just process it. It's like, that's the situation. We now know what can we do about it. Yeah. Right? And like, for example, yesterday we received some news that was really, really intense. Really intense. And whew, really intense. And I just could feel the weight of that news. And, and I just kept remembering to just 
practice being really calm and if there were any emotions that came up over it, to not attach thoughts to it, right? That's huge. Like the emotions that come up. So let's take the swim, for example, because we're using the swim. You're scared of the swim. But the scariness is actually, it's just, it's something that you've got already. It's a fear that you have. It's just hooking itself onto the swim. But if you can just experience the fear, again, independent of the commentary that you're having about it, and don't connect the two, the fear with the thoughts. Don't connect the fear with the thoughts. Because all you do is create more. And then you go to your tri club and then you talk about how scared you are of the swim. And then everybody talks about how scared they are of the swim. And then guess what? That neural pathway of fear just blew up. It's so big now. But if you can just experience like I did yesterday and I have been doing today, like the intensity of this information and not take that intensity and put it onto thoughts of the past or the future or emotions, whatever it is that I'm supposed to learn from this intensity of information that we received, which you and I are fine. It's not us that this information was about, but it was brought into our lives and it made me feel really intense. It's showing me that there's something in me that, that, because of this information, I get to now heal. And so how do I do that? Well, I just allow the intensity to be in my body. I practice being calm. I sit on my meditation cushion. And it doesn't matter if I sit on the cushion and the whole thing is just like me bringing my awareness back to my breath every two seconds because all my mind wants to do is think about it. That doesn't matter. But I'm sitting and I'm doing the work. And I know that every time I do that, I'm widening out that pathway and getting more skillful at being calm. And... I'm healing whatever it is that's showing up within me. So, you know, I said something the other day and it, I was kind of joking around and, and somebody said, oh my God, don't say that. That's like, oh my God, you just made me so scared by saying that. And I just looked at her, this person and I said, I walked the earth without fear, girl. Like I walked, I'm not going to walk into the middle of the highway. Well, there's two fears. Explain the two fears. Well, there's the fear that keeps you alive and the fear that keeps you from living. You know, I'm not going to go swim in a shark tank right now or go walk out into the middle of i5 that's silliness or walk i don't know but what's the fear that limits us i'm scared of the swim um i'm scared i'm not i'm scared my recipes aren't good enough so i'm not going to publish this book that is now assisting a lot of people in making positive change in their life which is making positive change in the lives of animals which is making positive change in the health of the planet like that is huge are you kidding me that's the ripple effect, right? It's the ripple effect. Yeah. It took me 15 years to do crow, crow pose in yoga because I was so scared of smashing my face. Um, and then I finally did it and I smashed my face once and it was fine. Like it, was, it was the fear. I love it. I talk about this in yoga. It was the 15 years of fear of smashing my face that was so limiting. And when I actually smashed my face... It was totally fine. It was like, eh, good. Glad I got that out of my way. All right, back into crow. You know, you fell out a tripod headstand the other night. I, I, Hard. I've been <laughs> holding off on doing tripod headstand for the longest time. And in the yoga class, I felt the inspiration to do it. I got down, deep down in that stretch, got on my head, and I did it one day. I did it one day. I was successful. It was amazing. 
So I'm like, all right, I've got this. The next yoga class, I went in and tried to do it. Did you cry? You almost took other people out. Different studio. Yeah, with, it was a little bit tighter. And I, I went down. What did I do the next time? The next class. Got back up and Got did it again. Got back up and did it again. So here's my question. When you were falling out, were you like, oh my God, I'm so scared I'm falling out. I'm so scared I'm no, falling out. it just out. happened. It just happened. It just happened. But the fear about the falling out, the fear of, you know, I used to have a fear I'm going to get punched in the face during a swim. Well, I've been punched in the face a couple times during the swim. I was fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. And, and I think, I, do, I want to touch upon this before I forget, is a lot of the fear we have is is due to things that we have not done yet. It's the unknown. It's the unknown, right? So not being able to complete uh, an Ironman or not being able to finish a book. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. The fears exist because you haven't done them yet. And we say that to people. They, they, they're they like, oh, yeah, it's easier for you to say because you've done it. Right. But we've all been in the same situation where... We've been challenged with something we've never done. Right. Like I wasn't birthed on the swim of an Ironman. Right. And then had us complete the rest of the race. Like everything we've done, we've done from, from a place of it being the unknown. Everything that anyone has done, we've done from a place of the unknown. But what is happening is that we're dealing with a mind that's based on past experience that says, oh, I read, I, my friend tried Ironman and like... You know, we got divorced over it. Like, oh, you know, and so it's, it takes up, it accesses old files. You know, oh, I tried to run that marathon and it really hurt. So I could never run a marathon in an Ironman. And it accesses these old outdated file systems in your brain and, and beliefs. They're, they're now your beliefs. Yeah. They're now your beliefs because they're your stories because you don't know any different because nobody ever taught you this. Right then there's fear that's projected into that. So how do you, so how do we, how do we get through that? Right? So we get through it. This is why athletes are able to do what we do is because we have strong wills. Now there's some athletes that have stronger wills than other athletes, but that doesn't mean that you can't strengthen your will. So you can strengthen your will and do it with something small, something small. I don't know. Like you want to, grow a plant, you know, take a clipping from another plant, put it in the water, watch the roots start to grow and then plant it in some dirt and watch it grow. That is something you never did before. That strengthens your will. That strengthens your ability to believe in yourself. Start small. It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to go do an Ultraman, you know, and I've never even done a triathlon. That's not necessarily the greatest way to build your will unless I guess if that works for you, but start small and build your will. So if it's the swim, start with one of those fast starts, you know, on a 25 and then get to the end of the pool and recover your breath and do it again. And then the next time you go, maybe link it to a 50. Or take shorter rest. Yeah. Or take shorter rest. But it's, it's starting. It's, it's, it's all about starting small. I think what we, we all want to do is we want to get to that end goal. We all want to be great swimmers in the ocean with big surf, <laughs> no matter what. That's very rare. What, what you can do is, is start doing the work now, go through the process. Maybe Oceanside is gonna open up at, at some unbelievable experiences for you that you will now have some insight about yourself. Like, I had a great swim. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that says that you can't have a great swim at Oceanside. 
There's everything that says you can have a great. Absolutely. If you've got the energy within you that has created worlds, which by the way you do, you can absolutely eat that swim course for breakfast. And, and try not to get buried in with the details. But you got to believe in yourself. Yeah, so. Believe, yeah. So what I'm saying is don't, don't get into like, I need to have 10 strokes in before the first wave hits. I need to, you know, be able to sight to the right. Like, don't get into the specifics. Get into the, get into like what you want to achieve. So, and also get into the essence of what it is. So the essence is, okay, I don't, I'm not actually, I'm scared of the swim. I'm pissed about the change. All right, let me do the addition for you guys. That means you don't believe in your, you're not believing in yourself. You're not believing in yourself. So work on believing in yourself. How do you believe in yourself? Well, you got to find out who the heck you are. Yes. Yeah? How do you do that? Do you who, do you... who am I? Who am I? I've asked that many times That's in That's a great question. Yeah, it keeps coming up. I don't have an answer yet. How do you find out who you are? And I'm not saying sue the triathlete who's also a nurse and a mom and loves dogs. No, that's, that's just, not, what I, that's that's the not role. who you are. That's the role that Sue plays. Right. And I'm not talking about Susanna, our <laughs> new athlete. I'm just using Sue. I'm not just the podcaster, author, yogi runner that's not that's not those are the roles that we play who are you who are you inside yeah and how would somebody find out who they are bj meditation sit still just sit this and this is not a religion you guys so i respect your faiths i respect you know if you go to church on site that's great i go to church every day on my pillow this is a science it is the science of the mind. Meditation is the seventh limb of yoga. It's the seventh limb of yoga. There's eight limbs to yoga, all of which are to be practiced equally. Meditation is a really powerful one to find out who you are. So the first thing in believing in yourself is you got to find out who you are. And who you are, well, you're me. You know, we're all, we're, we're all, all connected. We're, we're all, all connected. One. But what it will do is it will give you that reference point because you can sit down and you can, and, and the stillness is going to let you see what's brewing under the surface. This is huge. So to believe in yourself, you got to find out who you are. To believe in yourself, strengthen your will. Find something that you've never done before and do it. This will strengthen your will. And the other thing is when we don't believe in ourselves, this is a, like I was talking about resistance, this is a mindset of lack, like that there's lack, like that you lack something, that you can't do this, that you, and lack is a very, very dicey thing to be involved in because if you, if there's lack within you, then there's lack everywhere. There's lack in your bank account. There's lack in your ability to love. There's lack in, in how much you can take on in a day. There's lack to how many times you can clean the house in a week. Like there's lack, like there's, there's this disbelief that there's lack and that's not true because look outside, look at the abundance of leaves in a tree. Look at the very inside of a flower. Look at the blades of grass in your yard. Look at the water in the ocean. Look anywhere and you will see abundance. Look at 
the hair on your head. How many follicles? That is massive abundance. There is abundance everywhere. And we work a lot in the M21 on lack because this is a really big one. Um, it's We've been doing a lot of work around that and it's it's huge, you guys. It's huge. To, to even, this is what I, I caught myself doing. Oh gosh, th this idea of lack has just, I've seen this throughout my whole life and I, I really didn't, I really felt like I was an abundant person and I, and, and I, ha and I am an abundant person. But I, I realized the other day I was on a run with Clark and I looked at this house and I thought, oh gosh, that, I love that house. Like that's all I'd ever really want. And it made me realize like, wait a minute, that's lack. That's lack right there. I've got everything I want. And by the way, if everything is energy, that huge house or whatever that house was, is me. Because it's all energy. We're all energy. It's just dense energy, less dense energy. It's, you know, it's energy in the form of matter. It's, it's all energy. And so, and again, that's ego to think that I'm separate from those people that can afford that house. And just by the simple fact of me walking by that house and, and seeing the abundance of that home and the cute little white picket fence and the roses in the front and how cute that is, that's abundance. And that's an abundant energy that I am walking by. There's a, there's a, sim, there's a connection there. That abundance is within me. And so the lack is a very dicey thing to be involved in. And I encourage you to look at areas in your life where you see lack. Lack of acceptance that this change has happened with the swim course. Huge. We create it all. We are that powerful. We create the good races. We create the bad races. Good stories, bad stories. <laughs> we, we create it all ourselves. Like our mind creates everything. Mm -hmm. And based on past experience. So I want to say if you're struggling with anything that we're talking about or struggling with the course or... I really want to really want to take hold of of your thoughts and maybe start a meditation practice. I've been following along these M21s, uh, three of them now, and they're going to have their fourth one. And it's just a great opportunity. You can join the, join the group. You can sit in the back seat and just watch everything happen. Watch all the conversations happen. Watch the live videos. Hear hear them speak. Um, Watch people post questions. Watch Jess and Golden answer the questions. Great. You can just sit back, but you can also contribute. You can also ask a question of your own and you will get feedback. It's a community that's supporting everybody in it. Each group is unique. Each group has different questions, comes up with different challenges. But if you're curious about this, and I, I highly recommend if you're curious to, to join, join the next group and really begin to make that change in your life that maybe you've always wanted to. Maybe it's something that you've always thought of, of, of doing, but you've always held yourself back. Maybe it's that self-sabotage. Like this is an opportunity in a safe environment to learn a little bit more about yourself and, 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 maybe grab some tools that you can take into your everyday life experiences, your relationships with your family, your relationships with your coworkers, your relationship with yourself. This is where things happen. This is where you can start to uncover a few things. But yeah, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to master this relationship 
with self and these things that are coming up. Nobody, nobody wants to feel unsettled and fearful and scared and mad and angry. I really don't think anybody wants to feel that way. That is not the norm. That is not the norm. No, but it's showing up because you're supposed to get to the other side of it and you can get to the other side of it. And it's okay if you don't know how to get to the other side of it because nobody ever taught you how to do this. Nobody ever taught us how to do this. You know, I have a teacher that I work with. Um, You know, I came into this world destined to do this work. I felt it from a very young age. And what we see in these programs is that, you know, Golden and I are the teachers, we're the facilitators, but everybody in the group is now the teacher and the trickle effect is amazing. And so, you know, for your kids, for your spouse, for your families, start to really look at what it is that's showing up in your life. And anything that's showing up in your life that's throwing you off center is there for you to get to the other side of. And that, you guys, is the awake and ready life.